story side. What a great spirit today during our time of worship. And uh, I loved even when I was pulling in today, seeing all of the cars backed up in the driveway. In the summer, uh, this is a time where people say you're supposed to slump. Uh, but then when they uh, are even opening the back section back here for seating, that's exciting. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. Most importantly, I'm glad God is here. Man, I felt the presence of God when, when we were singing and worshiping today. We've got a lot of people joining us online. A few of them, Becky Sutherland, Rusty Gilbert. I love you, Rusty. We brought some of the interns uh, to pray with Rusty and have communion this week. We've got Leslie uh, Judge McKinley's online, his wife Ann, Chris Jones, the list goes on. Would you welcome all of our online family joining us today? I want to give a shout out to, there are so many moving pieces and parts that go into a weekend. Uh, and so just the planning sometimes of, it could be everything from me in the last day or two calling an audible, I think it was maybe yesterday. And I was like, I want to do baptisms between services. And just what goes into that, getting a baptism ready, it's going to be in the entryway uh, outside and everything that comes with baptisms and then parking and kids check in. There's so much that goes into a service on a weekend. And then when you have something, I've been telling you for a few months, we've been ordering new lighting, some of the stuff that we had, lighting cameras has, has been years now, probably 10 years old, some of it. And it's been on its last leg, and every week I've just been hoping, get us uh, to the new stuff. It's supposed to be arriving here in the next few weeks. Hopefully we'll have it all installed in July. And the moment those lights go crazy over there uh, during that song, um, the, just knowing the team, I saw up here in the shadows, I don't know where you went, Dylan, but I saw Dylan up here in the shadows working on stuff, and I know the team in the back is scrambling uh, but I just want to give a shout out to all of those people. You may not see them all the time. First time I've seen Dylan uh, in quite a while. Uh, but they're working a lot of times behind the scenes and in the shadows uh, on so many different things. And sometimes we can notice what goes crazy, but we don't always take time to appreciate the people who fix it. And I want to appreciate all the people who fix stuff week after week after week. Today starts our student camp. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, we're excited about it. The drop-off tonight's at 5.30 p.m. All the parents, grandparents, guardians that are dropping your students off. Uh, it's at the Heartland Retreat Center in Marengo. I know you have all of that information, but 5.30 tonight, it's going to be great. Uh, please be praying and fasting. Those of, those of you here at Storyside, this is your church. Please be praying and fasting that this week will be life-changing for our students. Uh, we're going to kick off tonight. Uh, we have a spoken word, be sharing a little bit with Eli and my daughter, Brooklyn. And then tomorrow night's Pastor Ethan. On Tuesday night, Pastor Keen. Uh, I'm sharing on Wednesday night. We have the Isaac sharing in the morning. Pastor Clint sharing in, a, uh, in the morning. we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but just believing it's going to be an amazing, going to be an amazing week for our students. This is also, I saw Chance and Faith over here who help oversee our kids' ministry. This is also move-up weekend. And so some of your children are moving up in classes and moving up to different areas in the ministry. So celebrating all of the kids that are excited about you're finally in the class that you thought was so much better. Move-up weekend. Let's go. Uh, so we're, we're celebrating all of that. I do want to give you a couple of updates uh, just with the church, and then we're going to go into our message I decided to sit down today uh, for no real reason except that I'm reading about four times more scripture than normal. Uh, so I just want to talk to you today. That's really my goal. I just want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and step you through the book of Acts. That's what I want to do today. Uh, and before we start that talk, uh, I mentioned about LED walls, lights. Some of the lights have been on back order, but all of those things that are going to be coming in. You're also going to see it looks like the first two weeks of August. You're going to see an outside playground. It's almost 60 feet by 40 feet, 8,000 pounds, I think they said, of rubber mulch and seven slides and swings and rock climbing and all this jazz. That's going out on this side of the building. You'll also see close to a full-size basketball court. They'll be pouring the concrete, I think, in three weeks. Uh, a sand volleyball court. 
Um, and then you're going to see a soccer field going in. So lots of things, not only for our church, but for the community. Uh, part of that is uh, we have also, uh, with Heart for the House monies, not all the monies came in to cover all the projects, but we've been able uh, in the last year to be setting aside monies to finish the building project, um, which is, has been such a blessing. And so partnering between your Heart for the House and, and church giving, see a lot of these things happening. Our goal was to put an indoor playground in, and we were shooting for around 40000 initially. Then it grew to 60000 Then they told me codes and permits and walls and braces and all that, another 22500 Once it got to 82500 ish uh, we weren't even finished yet for the indoor playground. I pressed pause. So I apologize to everyone who gave specifically for that. Uh, there is still monies I've set aside for something smaller uh, for the children and stuff. So I moved to the outside playground. Felt like it was much more wise uh, in just trying to steward our monies for that. Um, we're still going to do a few things inside. We got a craft center coming inside. We're putting up a large Lego wall inside. I met with about 15 of your little kids uh, for about an hour-ish, maybe an hour and a half. Um, and I had talked to a lot of adults in this. I really hadn't taken time to talk to kids. So I took an evening and talked to little kids and asked, what would you want? Uh, they were telling me, we want to train around the church. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't do all of that. Uh, <clears throat> but some of the stuff like Lego walls and stuff I wasn't thinking of. So I was really glad I met with them. The art center I wasn't thinking of. They, they pitched that idea to me. Um, and so I just want to say this publicly, you know, there's almost, almost no other way to say it, but just tell you, if some of you gave specifically to, because I put it on the screen and I showed you that playground and it ended up just becoming more and more and more money. And honestly, the biggest thing was I didn't want to bring codes and permits back in and them start just like, I, the last thing I could do is shut down kids ministry two, three, four weeks if they saw something they didn't like. So if you're like, Micah, I want my money back. I didn't give to a basketball court or an outdoor playground, then I will give you your money back. Um, and so I just want to let you know that I was in no way trying to mislead anybody. Um, and so I just want to throw that out there. I do think uh, that, that it's going to be exciting to see all of these other things that we've been able to get done with the Heart for the House monies. And so just wanted to let you know where we're at. If, you, if you're pulling in the next month or two and see a bunch of stuff happening, that's what's happening. Uh, is all of the stuff for our kids and students. So wanted to give you an update on that. And then on East Knox, uh, our East Knox location, uh, a lot of the dream team, the people, of course, you see Pastor Josiah up here in this season. Uh, they are joining us here in Belleville. And with everything going on right now in 2021, uh, just juggling sometimes even the dream team, getting stuff done, having a deep enough bench. And so in this season for the health of StorySide, they're going to be with us here in Belleville. And so instead of you wondering why, I'll tell you that's those kids ministry, East Knox, that's the stuff that's happening. So you ready? You ready to talk about the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for our time of worship. I thank you for what you're doing at Storyside. Thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ. Bless every church in this area, hundreds of churches in this area. I pray you would bless every one of them. Bless us today. I pray that you would speak to us through your word as we talk about the Holy Spirit. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. I want to talk to you today on what the Bible would call the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper uh, that's going to lead you and guide you, or if you would, is going to give you, going to give you advice. We were actually joking in the room uh, before we came out for first service uh, Rick and I and Brian, we were talking about advice that parents give that I think every single time, maybe she's watching right now, but I think every time I talk to my mom, she'll always say uh, things like, she'll say things like, well, you just never listen. You just never, stuff like that. She'll, she'll say, so are you resting? Are you taking time? You whatever. And if I tell her, well, this and this and this, I'm like, well, you just never listen. <laughs> and so maybe you've heard stuff like that before, but I but I heard the joke about the guy who was saying, you know, growing up, a lot of his friends seemed like they got good advice. All, all, he was saying all of his friends say they got good advice. Things like make hay while the sun shines, do what you love and money will follow. The early bird gets the worm. This guy said, all I remember is don't fill up on bread. <laughs> so, um, 
I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit giving you advice, the Holy Spirit giving you advice. I heard the joke about the young preacher, speaking of advice, I heard the joke about the young preacher was doing his first wedding. And so he asked an older preacher, he's like, you know, can you give me some tips, some pointers, my first wedding, I'm nervous. The older preacher was giving him some pointers, but he said, here's the thing, the crowd doesn't know, the people don't know. If you lose your train of thought, if you get off track, just quote a scripture. Scripture is always going to be something that you can settle on. It's always going to be something that'll stabilize you. So the young preacher got up and he's doing the wedding and right in the middle of the wedding, he totally loses his train of thought. And he's, he's thinking, what should I say? And the scripture comes to mind. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's not funny. But talking about advice, talking about advice today, I, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, filling us, giving us advice. John 14, 26, but the helper, everyone say the helper, but the helper will teach you everything and cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name. As we talk today, as we talk today, I want you to realize right out of the gate today that God wants to help you. If you had one takeaway today, I would love for this to be a takeaway. God wants to help you. Single parent, God wants to help you. Marriage that's fighting for your future, God wants to help you. That person on your job that's exasperated, like I've had it up to here, I don't know if I can take any more, Micah. God wants to help you. That person that's grieving, that's like someone four chairs down in my row, you know, their prayer got answered and, you know, I feel like I've gone through loss, my heart's broken, I'm hurting. Even if you don't understand what's going on in your life today, I would submit to you that God wants to help you. He wants to give you peace and strength. God, I want you just to think about that today. God wants to help you. You say the anxiety, the stress, the, the mental anguish that I have in my life, Pastor Micah. Everything going on in our world, man, it just gets to me. I, sometimes I think it's my heart and I realize it's just heaviness. God wants to help you. God wants to help you today. And when you look at the Holy Spirit being the helper, I have shared with you, I have shared with you that you have to take the lid off. You have to take the lid off. And so in, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is often referred to as water. It's very symbolic, uh, but it's referred to as, as water. Jesus would tell the woman at the well, if you knew who it was talking to, you would ask, and I would give you to drink. You're not going to thirst. I, I'm going to help you. When, when you look at this, this jar and this lid, it does no good. It does no good if you keep the lid on. So what I'm telling you, I believe is true that God wants to help you. He wants to help you in your marriage, wants to help you in your family, wants to help you in your finances. All of those things I just said, I believe that. God wants to help you. But if you don't open up, even right now, if you don't open up to Him, it's really hard for God to help you if you keep Him out here. You know, when, when you think about jars and lids, when you think about jars and lids, uh, my youngest daughter, I have four kids, my, my oldest, Brooklyn, 21, uh, Jalen, 18, Eliana's 12, uh, she'll be 13 here soon, she loves pickles. Like, my wife would tell you we could buy pickles, and if we let her, she, she'd want to eat the whole jar. She loves, I'm not kidding, she loves pickles. And... I could not tell you the amount of times that she has come to me and she'll say, Dad, I can't seem to get the lid off the jar. She told me that. I can't seem to get the lid off the jar. Now, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if anyone else did it, but when I was a kid, you know, some people would take like a knife and they would like, has anyone ever done that? Uh, back in the days where we just didn't care about safety. <laughs> <laughs> right? Lawn darts and all that stuff. Like, whoa, where'd the knife go? Like, oh, doink. Oh, that's two points. Uh. But, 
But you would take you take a knife and you're going to hit it on on the lid, um, and just hope that it doesn't bust and all the glass go in your hand and stuff. But uh, <laughs> my daughter will come to me and she'll say, "Dad, will will you open? Will you open the jar? Will you open the lid?" Usually I can't. I'll ask Angel for help, but uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. we just go higher up. <laughs> But maybe today on a serious note, maybe today on a serious note, this whole season right now is you saying, I don't even know how to take the lid off. I don't even know how to take the lid off. And so the last couple weeks, or maybe even today, you're just saying, would you help me take the lid off? When I share some scriptures with you today, that's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to help you take the lid off. That if you have been told it's crazy, it's weird, it's cessationism, it's whatever whatever has been planted as a seed in your mind, if today you just need God to say, you know what, Holy Spirit, will you help me take the lid off my life because I want more of the water? I just don't even know how to get there. Uh, I I think sometimes in our lives, it could be a friend, it could be a, a small group, it could be a service setting like this. God will put some people in your life that will help you get the lid off so that you can open up to more of the Holy Spirit. Open up to more of the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham said this, the Holy Spirit can rejuvenate a tired Christian, can captivate an indifferent believer, and can empower a dry church. How many knows that's awesome? So, wherever you would see some of that in your own life, I just want to encourage you, that's what the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit can do that for you. I want to look at today, there, I want to look at five responses to the Holy Spirit. So if you look at what the Holy Spirit can do in your life, there's actually scriptural reference to somewhere around 50. I've read them this week, somewhere around 50 things that the Bible would say the Holy Spirit can do in your life. I want to look at the flip side of that. I want to look at, and there's more, but I want to look at five things, five things that you could potentially do in responding to the Holy Spirit. So if Jalen is up here singing, and it was so powerful today, I mean, I just feel the Holy Spirit, but he's singing, I'm going to wait on you. All of those questions, all of that is second to the one thing I know, God, I'm going to wait on you, and you feel the Holy Spirit. Well, the presence of God could be here. The Bible says the presence of God in one passage was there to heal them. But nothing happened because they didn't respond to the presence or the power that was there. That's one passage of the Bible. The presence of God was there to heal them, but nothing happened because people didn't respond. So you could have Jalen up here singing that song, but if you are like this, or you are like this, or you are like this, it's very, you know, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force, he's not going to force it. You could have all of those needs I reference. You could say, I need him in my marriage. I need him in my family. I need him in my mind. I need him. But you have to do your part. So I want to talk to you today about five responses to the Holy Spirit. The first is this, stubborn. Everyone say stubborn. Some of you are like, it's not just the Holy Spirit. They're stubborn in our house. Like they're, they're just Stubborn. Stubborn. That's this. That I could read to you today 200 scriptures, but if you're stubborn, it doesn't matter if I read two or 20 or 200. You're just shutting down. Look at this verse of scripture in Acts 7.51. You stubborn and hard-headed people, you are always fighting against the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're just closed down to it. He he said, you stubborn and hard-headed people. I think the first response that I want you to notice that every one of us could have, we could just be stubborn. You're like, my my dad, you know, because look here, just as your ancestors did. Did you see that? That's how the verse ended. You're stubborn just as your ancestors. So you could be like, you know, my, my dad was against it. My grandpa was against it. My great-grandpa was against it. So I'm against it. Like, that's what these people were doing. 
And he said, really, you're just being stubborn. Just being stubborn. When you look at the Holy Spirit, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, I think you, you would have to throw out a lot of the New Testament. When I talk about 50 things the Holy Spirit can do for us, I think we'd have to go through your Bible and tear out a lot of pages to say, you know what, I don't believe that, and I don't believe this, and I, and I don't want, want that. It reminded me of the joke that I heard about the guy that got fired from the M&M company because he kept throwing out all the W's. Uh, that's not funny. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we're throwing out a lot of things about the Holy Spirit because we're stubborn. Stubborn. The second response, this is a serious one, grieve. Grieve. You could grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't cause grief to God's, this is the, the complete Jewish Bible, God's Ruach HaKodesh. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the breath of God. The Hebrew word ruach means an air or breath in motion. The Greek word pneuma means a current of air, breath or breeze. He said, don't, don't grieve that for he has stamped you as his property until the day of final redemption. So the Holy Spirit could come into your life. The Bible says no one even comes to the Father except the Spirit draws them. You, you, you could come into this relationship with God, but then you grieve the Holy Spirit. You, 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 instead of loosening the lid, you actually tighten it. You tighten the lid. You're like, you're not controlling me. Ephesians 4.30 in another translation says, don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. It's the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Don't take such a gift for granted. Number three, this is a, the third response. Quench. Quench. That means you stifle something or you stop it, you quench it. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 Quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. Now what I want you to notice about this and this third response, because every one of us could have all of these responses. This third response I have watched when someone, maybe it's a mom or a dad, or, but, but I have watched before if someone quenches the Spirit, it doesn't just affect you. I have watched before if a dad is like, not, not us, we're not doing that. And now all of a sudden the whole family is affected. The whole family is going to be affected. The writer here just tells the church in Thessalonica, don't quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. If the Spirit of God wants to work in your life, don't quench it. Number four, number four, you could blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of different opinions as to what blaspheme the Holy Spirit could mean. Um, you know, I, I think it's connected even with unforgiveness, in my opinion. Uh, but there's a lot of things that people believe blasphemy of the Holy Spirit uh, means. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. If, if the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you don't do it, so if the Holy Spirit says, forgive them, if the Holy Spirit says, I want you to do that, if the Holy Spirit, and, and not only are you against it, not only do you tighten the lid, but now you're going to speak out against the Spirit. Now you're going to speak out against the Spirit. So it's not just that you're saying no, now you actually want to be combative about it. When you read this, this passage in, in Mark 3, if you read it in totality, Jesus is working miracles, and not only are they against it, not only are they against it, they're going to go public with their opposition, and now they're going to say God's working evil. So I want to pick this up in verse 28. This is Jesus talking. Listen to this carefully. I'm warning you. Listen to this carefully. I'm warning you. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. How many knows that's awesome? right? But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives, sawing off the branch on which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. He gave this warning because they were accusing him of being in league with evil. So this, this public opposition 
This blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. It's a serious thing. Where Jesus said, Jesus, I'm warning you. I will forgive anything and everything. And every one of us could give a standing ovation to that today. Because you start thinking about all the stuff you've done in your life. And you're like, even that? Jesus said, I will forgive anything and everything. Thank you, Jesus. Even when we took communion today and we're saying you redeemed us, you start thinking about all the stuff he redeemed you from. But Jesus said, I just want you to know, just want you to know, you can't start openly slandering and speaking out, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. This fifth and final response because there's a lot of responses, but I just wanted to give you five today. This is the one I hope you pick. This is the one that I would like, as your pastor, I would like for you to have. This is receive. Receive. Can we say that word together? I've met stubborn. I've met stubborn and hard-headed. I've met some people who would grieve or quench. But I've also met a lot of amazing people over the years that received the Holy Spirit. That said, can you help me get this lid off? I don't even know all the answers, but would, would you help me? I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And people will tell me, you know, Pastor Micah, people on my job tell me, I'm not even the same guy. People in my family will tell me, it's, they, they, don't, they don't even know who this person is. A lot of people come up to me, whether it's Freedom Nights people or people in their marriage seeing it turn around just like last minute miracles. People come up to me and say, you would not believe who I was five years ago and who I am now. That's the power of God in our lives when he says, if you'll just let me in, right? Because God wants to help you. If you'll just let me in, in other words, it's this word, you have to, you have to receive. You have to receive. By definition, the word receive means to take, to be a recipient of, to permit, to enter. John 7, whoever believes in me, this is Jesus talking, whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit with those who believed in him. Uh, they were later to, here's the word, receive. Now in the next five or ten minutes, here's what I want you to notice. I've pastored for years and years and years, and I love to listen to preachers and podcasts and all of those things. I've never heard this. I've never read this. Not that it really changes anything, but I got so excited studying this week because every single passage I'm going to share with you, when I got, because the word just received came to my mind, I got to the second story and the word received was in it. I got to the third and the word received, the fourth and the word received. I started turning pages like there's no way this is in the fifth story. I would turn the page and there would be the word received. I got so excited and I want to give you hours just in the next five or 10 minutes on the importance of this word. You have to be willing to receive. This he meant the Spirit, those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time. The Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. In other, in other words, Jesus had to go so the Spirit could come. You know, I had several people this week, well, more than several, but reached out, Pastor Micah, I have a question. Pastor Micah, can you explain? Pastor Micah, and I shared with some people, Phil Hubler, I talked to Phil Hubler on the phone. I think he's watching online for probably half an hour the other day, and I was explaining, explaining to him, Rick, Rick Fisher was, was texting me um, about a lot of different people, and I was telling them there's several ways that maybe we could look at this, but one that I think is helpful even to me is view it almost like a theatrical play where the first scene you have Jehovah God, the second part of the scene, it's almost like this behind the curtain, out in front, the second part of the scene is Jesus. He shows up without sin, Lamb of God, slain from before the foundation of the world, 33 plus years, dies on a cross. Here he tells them the Spirit is coming, but I need to go. It's to your benefit I go, because when I'm here, I'm walking around with you, Samaria and Judea and Jerusalem, but if I go, the Holy Spirit's going to come. Now it's going to be everywhere on the planet. The Holy Spirit's going to be everywhere, and so he goes, the Spirit comes. That's the third part of the play. So the Holy Spirit comes. Now we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Jesus said this to his followers, I am with you, but I shall be in you. I shall be in you. That's the third part of the play. 
And so when we look at this word receive, here's one way maybe this would help someone else. When you're reading, try, try to visualize it, if you would, as three baptisms. You know, I'm going to go out in a few minutes, and if anyone wants to be baptized, impromptu. I woke up yesterday and was like, Micah, offer baptisms tomorrow. We have our big summer baptism coming up in August, but, but it was actually heavy on my heart. Offer baptisms. I think they got some t-shirts and stuff, and if you're like, you know what? I don't want to wait two months. I need to be baptized today. Then I'm going to be out there. I want to baptize you today. But I want you to think about three baptisms. The first is when you give your life to Christ. When you raise your hand or you say, you know, I want to follow Jesus or I want a fresh start. That's in Colossians 3. If you want to read that at some point, it's in Colossians 3. It says when you hear the good news or when you give your life to Christ, you are baptized into Christ. You're baptized into Christ. The second is water baptism. Water baptism. And then the third is what we would call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Let, let, let me back up here. Let's do Acts chapter 2, guys, if we can. Acts 2.38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. I, I believe that's that repentance. That's when you're saved. The Bible says if you confess your sin, you believe in your heart, believe Jesus is the Son of God, He's the Lord, you're saved. I believe it's baptized into the body of Christ. Then he says, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift. Everyone say receive. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. When word reached the apostles in Jerusalem that Samaria had accepted God's word, they commissioned Peter and John to go to Samaria. Peter and John went down to Samaria where they prayed that the new believers would... Now, this is important because some people was like, Pastor Micah, I thought I understood everything when I raised my hand and accepted Jesus and got the Fresh Start book or the Following Jesus book. I, I thought that's all I needed to know. I want you to notice here you have new believers and they send down Peter and John to pray for them because they believed there was more. There was more. This was because, verse 16, this was because the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them. I thought, Pastor Micah, they were already new believers. They were. I thought they had already given their life to Christ. They did. They did. But notice this, and it's not taking anything away from it. Just, just look at the verse here. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So you, you, maybe today, that first baptism, you were like, I gave my life to Christ. Maybe some of you need to take this next step. You need to be water baptized today or August, but you need to be water baptized. And then they send these preachers down to pray for them. What I would reference is this third baptism. They would pray that the Holy Spirit would fill their lives. The Bible says in verse 17, then they laid their hands on them and they received, received, received. You got to take the lid off. They received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10. This is a lengthy one. This is why I sat down. In the city of Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a Roman army officer in what was called the Italian unit. He was a religious man. He and all the others who lived in his house were worshipers of the true God. You got to notice that. They were worshipers of the true God. He gave much of his money to help the poor people, and he always prayed to God. This is a great man. One afternoon, about three o'clock, Cornelius had a vision. He clearly saw an angel from God coming to him and saying, Cornelius, staring at the angel and feeling afraid. You say, how are all these good things happening? And I feel afraid right now, Pastor Mike. You've been talking the last couple of weeks, Thursday night, all these great things, but I just feel it's okay. Look at all these great things in Cornelius's life. And he's like, man, what is going on right now? What's happening right now? The Bible says that the voice said, Cornelius, what do you want, sir? The angel said to him, God has heard your prayers, has seen your gifts to the poor. He remembers you and all you've done. Send some men now to the city of Joppa to get a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. Verse 24, they arrived in Caesarea the following day, anticipating their arrival. Cornelius had gathered his relatives and close friends. Peter entered the house. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in order to honor him. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But Peter lifted him up saying, get up like you, I'm just human. 
I appreciate honor. I like a culture of compliments. Pastor Micah, I liked your message. Pastor Micah, worship was great today. Pastor Micah, I appreciate kids ministry. I love our staff. We have a great staff, but you also have to remember we are human just like you. We need to be baptized just like you. We need the Holy Spirit just like you. We cry and worship just like you, right? I love that verse of scripture. Verse 27, as they continued to talk, Peter went inside and found a large gathering. Love this, a large gathering of people. Cornelius answered four days ago at this time, it's verse 30, three o'clock in the afternoon. I was praying at home and suddenly a man in radiant clothing stood before me. He said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers. Your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to him. Therefore, send someone to Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He's a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, located near the seacoast. I sent for you right away and you were kind enough to come. Now, I want you to notice this. Now, here we are. I would speak that over you today. I want you to think about now, here we are. Large gathering, friends and relatives. Now I know, I know today that everyone's verse 1 to 32 is different. Maybe you're not in the Italian regiment. Maybe you're not helping with the poor. Maybe you would say, I was Church of Christ, or I was Catholic, or I was Baptist, or I was Presbyterian, or Mike, I don't know what I was, or what I am. I, I don't know what your verse 1 to 32 is. Maybe it's I went bankrupt, or I had an addiction or affair, or I had an abortion. I don't know what your verse 1 to 32 is, but I love these words right here. Now here we are. Now here we are. When he says this, now here we are, gathered in the presence of God. You ready? To listen to not just some. Not just whatever's going to fit into my ancestry. <laughs> to listen to everything that the Lord has directed you to say. Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group over another. Think about that. If you look down your row, young, old, black, white, Baptist, Pentecost, Catholic, Church of Christ, whatever it is. He said, I'm learning. Now for them, they're talking Jews and Gentiles and stuff, but he said, I'm learning. I'm learning that God doesn't show favoritism to one group over the other. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He then goes through the message. He's going to talk to them about the cross. He's going to talk to them about the ministry of Jesus. I want to jump down to verse number 43. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him, here's the word, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Verse 44, while Peter was still uh, speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been. Come on, story side. God, speak to someone's heart today. Do what I can't do. I can't do it. Even in this passage, Peter didn't do it. While Peter was talking, while he was sharing, a light went on. And someone was like, I get it. And the Holy Spirit is poured out even on the Gentiles. They heard them speaking in other languages and praising God. These people have, here's the word. Man, when I was turning those pages the other day, it was speaking to my heart. I could not believe. I've read these, I've read these passages for years. I couldn't believe every one of them had that word. This is the fifth response. They received the Holy Spirit just as we surely no one can stop them from going outside in the entryway and grabbing a t-shirt and getting baptized on June 6, 2021. I mean, think about it in context for them. He directed that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. What a powerful moment. But it all started with not the first response, 
You, you don't get verse, verse 43 and 45 and 47. You don't get those verses if someone's stubborn. You don't get that outcome if someone is grieving or quenching. You don't get that outcome. You don't get that if, if the response or the reaction is the slander, the speaking out. And I promise you today, over and over and over again in the Bible, you get that response when someone says, I want to receive everything God has for me. As we get ready to close today, these people tried to help those people. I would, I would actually appreciate it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Thank you for your word and your spirit today. Final verse, Acts 19. While Apollos was in the city of Corinth, Paul was visiting some places on his way to Ephesus. And in Ephesus, he found some other followers of the Lord. Some other followers of the Lord. This is why I want you to see the three baptisms. Sometimes people will say, I give my life to Christ, you know, 1977. And then they, it's almost like they do nothing from 1977 forward. They like write the date in their Bible and was like, well, it's done. I just want you to see that you can continue to grow in the Lord. Found some other followers of the Lord and he asked them, did you receive, receive, receive? I, I, Steve, I couldn't believe it when I was turning those pages the other day. This is the fifth response. You receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. And the followers said, well, we never even heard there was a Holy Spirit. So he asked them, what kind of baptism did you have? He said it was the baptism that John taught. Paul said, well, John told people to be baptized to show they wanted to change their lives. That's the baptism of repentance, baptized into the body of Christ, that Colossians passage. He told people to believe in the one who would come after him, and that one is Jesus. When these followers heard this, here, here's what I believe is the second baptism. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and began speaking different languages, prophesying. Question for all of us today. How will I respond to the Holy Spirit? How am I responding to the Holy Spirit? When he says things like, I want you to surrender to me. Am I like, there's no way I'm raising my hands. I don't want people staring at me. I want people looking at me. I'm not getting caught up in that emotionalism. I'm not, I'm not raising my hands. How am I responding to the Holy Spirit? What about when he says, Micah, I want you to forgive. And you're like, no, they lied. They took 60 people from the church. They stabbed me in the back. I never know. And the Holy Spirit's like, well, I'm not going to leave you alone until you do. Well, how am I supposed to forgive? Well, you need to forgive like I forgave you. That's tough. But how am I responding to the Holy Spirit? What about my giving? I want you to seek first, Micah. First. I want you just to like build up in this world. I want you to invest riches in heaven. Uh, I don't know if I want to give like that. How are you responding to the Holy Spirit? What about when it comes to Him filling you? Filling you. And now He's going to be with you in your car, in your truck, on your job, in school, at your home. You'd be in a morning walk and the Holy Spirit's in your life. I mean like lid off, water filling you. Convicting, changing, challenging. How will I respond to the Holy Spirit? As we get ready to pray, here's the truth of the matter. If you were to, if you was to read the book of Acts, you will often find that in every instance where there are people receiving, there's also people protesting. There's people saying, throw them in prison. In some instances, beating them. And now fast forward 2,000 plus years, you decide. You decide. How are you going to be known? How are you going to be known?
You're going to be known as someone who was stubborn? Like my dad. My dad would just never break Micah. He sat in your services. He, he just wouldn't. He, he, he tightened the jar. He, he, he wouldn't. Pastor Micah, my mom, my mom was like, why are you doing that stupid student stuff? And they're just working you for free labor. And Pastor Micah, you know, she, she, just, she just wouldn't. She wouldn't. Will your story be that you were stubborn, that God was like, I'm here right now. I want to help your marriage. I want to help your marriage. And you're like, no, I, I refuse to let my guard down and ask someone else for help. Pastor Micah, men don't ask people for help. We do it ourselves. And how is that working for you? How's that working for you? The Holy Spirit, the helper is like, I want to help your marriage. I want to help your family but I can't help if you're stubborn. Teenagers, the call of God, purpose of God on your life. I can't speak for what social media is doing. I can't speak for what everyone else is doing. I can't speak for people. Well, people on my team, people in the locker room, all my buddies, but what about you? What about you? What's your response to the Holy Spirit? Are you stubborn? Because you could grieve it. You could grieve the Holy Spirit. Some people, I've watched it, some people will quench it. The moment the Holy Spirit starts working in their life, they're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. You won't see me again, Micah. I would hope that none of us would ever do this fourth one. It's so serious. Blaspheme. The Holy Spirit. Or today. I would love, I want to be able to stand before God and even tell God, God, I ask them, I ask them, pick option number five. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not elitism. It's not saying you're better than other people. You're actually saying the opposite. You're saying, I can't even do this on my own. I, I actually need you to help me. You're actually saying, I want you to lead and guide me. I don't want to do my own thing. This fifth option is the option I hope you pick. I pray that you pick. I prayed for you this morning. Receive, receive. And so today, if your prayer is, I want God's Spirit in my life. That's your prayer. I want God's Spirit in my life. I want to pray for you today. Through the lens, I'm, I'm going to leave the stage. The team's going to come and dismiss you. And, and I'm going to be in the back by the baptism. So I want to cover those three things again for you today that we talked about. The first is, if you've never given your life to Jesus... You, you know, so Acts 2.37, they said, well, what, what do we do? What do we do? The first thing Peter said to them is repent. Repent. That means you say you're sorry for your sins. You're sorry for your sins. Remember when Jesus said, I'll forgive anything and everything? You say, Mike, I have some bad ones. Tell them you're sorry today. Not only born in sins, not, not just even sins that you're aware of. The Bible talks about sins you're aware of and sins you're unaware of. But you could bundle them all together, package deal. And you could say, God, I am so sorry for all of these sins. And I want you to forgive me. My nature that I'm born, a sinful nature. And my sins that I've committed. I'm sorry. And not only am I sorry... I'm willing to repent. That means I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn. And I'm going to go a different direction than I've been going. And so this first option that I want to give for someone on site or online is if you've never really repented of your sins, I don't want you just to think it today. I want you to say it. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, don't just think I'm sorry. Don't just think I want to repent. Don't just think I want to turn my life. Tell him. He's listening. I repent. I repent of my sins. 
Bible says when you do that, when you do this first repentance, this first baptism, Bible says, it's how big of a deal it is. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice when you do that. And then I want to give you the second option. You say, well, I'm not really planned and you know, I'm going to have to put a towel on my seat. We got towels and put a towel on my seat. I'm going to have to go home wet. And this is crazy. I wasn't planning on it. But if the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart, I need to be baptized today. The Bible says today is the day. Sometimes we put off some things in our lives. Maybe today's your day. Then the third baptism. I want to pray for someone who says, I don't want to be stubborn. I don't want to grieve. I don't want to quench. I don't want to bless. I don't want to do those things. I don't even know how this is going to play out in the next few weeks or months or years of my life. And I want to tell God today, I'm taking the lid off in my life and everything you have for me, I want to receive the fifth option. I want to receive the Holy Spirit of God. If you would give me the opportunity to pray for you today, can we close our eyes all over the room? God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that I felt this morning praying at my house. I felt it. I actually called Angel in, said, babe, just hold my hand. Let's pray together. I felt it so strong. And I feel it strong even sharing today. I pray that as I'm sharing, you're working on the hearts of people and Someone is understanding God wants to help me. The light is coming on. God wants to help me. I pray for that person that needs to repent. I pray for the person who wants to be baptized in water. And I pray today for the individual that wants to take the lid off their life. They want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that people would pick option number five. Receive. 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 I'm letting the walls down. I'm letting my guard down. All the inhibitions, even if it is ancestry like Acts 7, whatever it is, I let it down today. And I say, God, I want everything you have for me. Maybe just put your hand on your heart in this moment. If you've been here for an hour, there's more. If you've been here for a year, I promise you there's still more. Maybe you've been around this thing for years and years, there's still more. Don't quench, don't stop, don't stifle, don't. I want everything you have for me, God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You're welcome in my life. You're welcome in my home. You're welcome at Storyside. God, I want this region to be changed for you. And I know it doesn't just happen with square footage and a building and a playground. And those things aren't bad. But we know that the only thing that will change us is the work of the gospel, the work of the good news, the work of the Spirit in our lives. We welcome you today. I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.